traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. Tortoise. Hello, it's Claudia here, and you're listening to the slow newscast from Tortoise. There's a young man lying in a hospital bed in Birmingham. He grabs his phone and he sends a voice note to his friends. He knows he's going to die and he seems determined to face it head on. People come and go, he says but Khalistan will live forever. They are his final words, the final words of Avtar Singh Kanda. Just a week earlier, he was a healthy young man in the prime of his life. His death was sudden, it was unexpected. But what was even stranger was what came afterwards. Avtar's death set off a wave of conspiracy theories about Indian assassins, and government cover-ups, allegations that reach deep into the machinery of the British state. They may seem astonishing, but on closer inspection, you begin to see why they exist. Our reporter, my colleague Will Brown, first started reporting on this story, unknowingly, last year, when he looked into what happened to Jagtar Singh Johal for a different episode of The Slow Newscast. Jagtar is a British citizen, and he was arrested and detained in India without charge. And there's compelling evidence that British intelligence services assisted India in his arrest. Those involved speak of a plot by the Indian government to assassinate dissidents, not on home soil, but on foreign soil, and potentially on British soil. Levels all alright. What's he like as a as a man? Really calm, never really saw him got angry. I mean he's always smiling. And Avtar is is funny because we used to joke, he'd have his friend circle was so varied. Because of his closeness with Deep Sidhu, the actor, who's a very prominent actor in, in India, he was all the film stars. And all the music stars who came from India, these are like mega stars. He'd be pictured with them. So he'd be going to the Ask Jas Singh about his friend Avtar Kanda, and he'll talk for as long as you let him. He did a lot of work with Carl Said, uh, did a lot of work with the Sikh charities that were doing disaster relief and helping the homeless, etc. So he was very charitable individual, very sort of happy-go-lucky type of guy. Jas paints a picture of Avtar Kanda as a man who's committed to helping those less fortunate than himself, a dedicated community man. And who, just like Jas Singh, is dedicated to a cause of an independent Sikh homeland in the Punjab of northwest India. 
For Avtar, that cause is in his blood. He comes from a family of successionists. Avtar was three years old when his father was killed. His uncle was also killed by Indian police, and his family was regularly harassed. His, do- his sister was a few months old. Avtar, I think, went through schooling in India, and his mother, when he became a sort of teenager, was worried for his safety. He came to the UK, I believe, around 2010, 2011. The struggle for Sikh independence has often turned extremely violent, and in turn, it's often been met with violence by the Indian government, which sees it as a threat to national sovereignty and territorial integrity. It's led to prominent Sikh activists being labelled as terrorists by India's Prime Minister, Narendra Modi. When he arrived in the UK, Avdar Kanda was in his early 20s. He gained a reputation for speaking out on behalf of Sikh prisoners in India. And he became very prominent because he's very well spoken. And you think, who's this young guy speaking really well? And then you later discover he's the son of what we call a martyr, a shaheed. And because of his family history, his charisma and his activism, Avdar Kanda quickly came to the attention of the Indian government. By 2015, that government was led by Narendra Modi, a Hindu nationalist. He came to the UK on a state visit, and the Indian media reported that he gave the then Prime Minister, David Cameron, a dossier alleging that Avtar Kanda was trying to radicalise young Sikhs in Britain and India. So this dossier was, with no doubt, it was given to the government. And in it were labelled certain organisations that he wanted to clamp down on, certain media channels that they wanted restricted in the UK. Jas says it's around this time that Avtar Kanda started to claim for asylum in the UK. As far as we can tell, over the next decade, Avtar worked to organise different pro-Kalistan protests across the UK. He spoke regularly on a British Sikh television channel and helped to build up a network of pro-Kalistani groups across the main Sikh diaspora hubs in Canada, the US and the UK. This put Avtar Kanda in touch with hundreds of Sikh campaigners around the world. Then, in March 2023, a protest. And there's a small one in London with about 40, 50 people. And they went to the Indian High Commission. There was a protest there. A band of several dozen Sikh men waving orange flags gathered outside the building. A video from that day shows a protester climbing up onto the ledge above the entrance and pulling down the Indian flag. Jas paints a slightly different picture. An individual who, who we haven't identified climbed up the side of the entrance and was reaching for the Indian flag. He got up to the pole because it's fairly low. There was no violence. There wasn't any punches thrown. They removed the flag and then the Sikhs was, were cheering. But the Metropolitan Police said it turned violent and that windows were broken. They claimed that two security guards suffered minor injuries. The incident ignited fury in India, which for years has argued that Britain hasn't taken its concerns about Sikh successionists seriously enough. That then turned into a huge diplomatic incident from an Indian perspective. They had lambasted the British government. In the Indian media, Avdar Kanda was named as the suspected ringleader. Jas Singh says he wasn't. He says Avtar didn't arrive until after the Indian flag had been torn down. And they had 
without any evidence, label that as Avtos and Kanda had pulled down the flag. We've looked into it, and we can't say for certain if he was or wasn't at the protest. But what's certain is that by the end of the week, Avtar's face and name were plastered all over the Indian press, and he was being described as a terrorist. He released a video on social media shortly afterwards. It's in Punjabi. In it, Avtar says his family in Punjab is being held and threatened by police. He says they're demanding to give him details of other Sikh activists in India. Jas claims to have audio recordings of Avtar and his family being threatened by Punjabi police. After this, Avtar seems to have kept a low profile. He still attended protests and events, but he didn't post much on social media. Then came June 4th, 2023. It was a really hot day, and we're there standing around. Then obviously the event happens. He was met by thousands of people that day. Jas Singh and Avtar Kanda are in Trafalgar Square. It's warm, in the low 20s, but with little shade, it feels hotter. Well, it was an event, so Trafalgar Square was full of Sikhs. Thousands have gathered to remember a dark episode in Sikh history. It started with the storming of the Golden Temple in Amritsar, by the Indian army in 1984. The temple is the holiest site of Sikhism. A group of Sikh separatists barricaded themselves inside and the government stormed in brutally. The government claims that 400 people died but Sikh groups say the number is much higher and included many pilgrims who were trapped on the site. Four months later, the then Prime Minister, Indira Gandhi, was assassinated by her Sikh bodyguards. Anti-Sikhs riots followed across India. Thousands of Sikhs were murdered. A year later, an Air India flight from Toronto to London exploded over the Atlantic, killing all 329 people on board. Canadian investigators alleged that a bomb was put on board by Sikh separatists in a revenge attack for the raid on the Golden Temple. For Modi, this violence is why he is wary of Sikh separatists. There is a history of terrorism in the movement. For Sikhs, the Golden Temple massacre is why they want an independent homeland. But over-egging the threat of the Khalistan cause has an electoral purpose for Narendra Modi who appeals to a core base of Hindu nationalists to win elections. Mukhalika Banerjee is a professor at the London School of Economics, who's written extensively on how Modi has built on a narrow vein of nationalism. Now, one must recognise that uh, Narendra Modi is the prime minister of a government that is avowedly a party of ideology of majoritarianism. It believes in Hindutva, which is about... Hindu majoritarianism over India's politics, which means the quite sizable religious minorities, uh, Muslims who are 14% of the population, uh, Sikhs, Christians, Jains, all the others are religious minorities, are seen to be second-class citizens in this kind of vision. 
Not only are Sikhs considered second-class citizens, but the country's democratic foundations are being reshaped in the way that cements that status. Now, this has manifested itself in a number of different ways. And after nine years, what we are seeing now is that autonomy of institutions, for instance, which is such an important pillar of democracy, stands compromised so much so that anyone who dares to ask questions of the government or provides any sort of critique of government policy is immediately punished. And that's why so many Sikhs gathered in Trafalgar Square last summer. But he was there on a stall for the, one of the channels and he was there mingling. He's a very well-known Sikh. This kind of remembrance event happens every year. This year, it's no different. We were talking for hours. Hours at that event and he looked well. Unremarkable. Except... That was the last time I saw him. And that was probably the last time many, many people saw him. Within a week, he's in Birmingham City Hospital. On the Wednesday, he sends that voice note. People come and go, but Khalistan will live forever. It's a rallying cry typical of Afdar Kanda, but despite having seemed so healthy and full of life days earlier, he's sick. He's diagnosed with cancer. We believe he's got AML, acute myeloid leukemia, based on the, the white blood cell count and the platelets, etc. He's induced into a coma. That's where he records his last message to the Sangat, to the community, that look, everyone stay in high spirits, I'm, I'll be fine, don't worry, this is God's will. And he never wakes from that coma. He then has a cardiac arrest around 11 p.m. and is pronounced deceased about 2, 2 a.m. on the Thursday morning. Afdar Kanda dies on the 15th of June, less than two weeks after the remembrance event in Trafalgar Square. He's 35 years old. A young man cut down in his prime by a rare, aggressive form of cancer. The hospital says his death is caused by blood clots following his treatment. In a letter sent to Avtar's close family friend days after his death, the coroner says she has conducted a toxology test and alongside the West Midlands police concluded that there is no suspicious circumstances and no reason to suspect an unnatural death. But Jas Singh and Avtar's family suspect foul play. They believe Avtar was killed by the Indian state. This podcast has reported on stories of Russian hit squads murdering a former spy in London Saudi Arabian agents dismembering the journalist Jamal Khashoggi in Istanbul, and Iran targeting journalists in the UK. But this is a claim that Britain's ally, India, killed a Sikh who lived in Birmingham. It feels far-fetched. In short, a conspiracy. But it's not a conspiracy without foundation. The conspiracy is fueled by a series of events in the United States and Canada. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Traffic jams, tailgating, pile-ups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. 
The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. We're supposed to learn from our own mistakes, but other people's errors can be instructive too. From efforts to control the weather that went disastrously awry, to the untimely death of the Segway boss, history is a treasure trove of mishaps and meltdowns that can teach us all. I'm Tim Harford, host of Cautionary Tales, the podcast that mines the greatest fiascos of the past for their most valuable lessons. Listen to Cautionary Tales wherever you get your podcasts. They actually approached us in July of 2022, myself and Hardeep, came to both of us saying that we were in imminent threat of assassination in July of 2022. So that, that's where the saga starts. This is Moinda Singh. And I'm the spokesperson for the BC Gordoras Council, which is uh, in British Columbia, Canada. In July 2022, Moinda received a threat to life warning from the Canadian government. They couldn't give us information as to who, but based on the agency that had come to us, it was obvious it was a foreign threat. And then in our minds, it's, it was obviously India. Moinda and a man called Hardeep Singh Nijar had both received these warnings from the CSIS, the Canadian Security Agency, which told them... Not to event, attend public events, not to go in public places, that there was uh, this threat that was still looming. Moinda had known Hardeep for years. Probably about 2007-ish, when we actually first met, like, uh, formally. Uh, we were in similar spaces. I'm born and raised in Canada. Hardeep is actually from uh, Punjab. Hardeep was well known in the British Columbian Sikh community and would often give lectures on the history of the Sikh independence movement, much like Avdar Khanda. He too was an active campaigner for a Sikh homeland, or Khalistan. Hardeep was instrumental in kind of drawing us out of that. Uh, you know, individuals like Hardeep, and others in the UK, Australia, Canada, people work together to kind of re-establish the narrative of Khalistan, re-establish the idea of what well, this is the principle it was based on. For Moinda, Hardeep is a rarity. So he was one of the few individuals that could speak, that could write, that could actually exercise themselves in a way where people would listen. There are lots of videos of Moinda, and especially Hardeep online. Hardeep's not one to shy away from publicity. He's vocal in his demands. And as a result, he comes to attention of the Indian government. Living with the threat to life warnings becomes normal. Moenda recalls a day last year, just three days after Avdar Kanda's untimely death. It was Father's Day that day, actually, on June 18th, 2023. I had just finished dinner with the family. Uh, my wife and I were just kind of sitting, talking about the week coming up. And um, our kids were playing in the other room. And I got a phone call, frantic phone calls. Uh, and first couple I skipped because I was like, hey, I'm just trying to stay off my phone today. And then I got three or four in a row and I picked up and I was told that Hardy's been shot and you know, come right now. Within 20 minutes, Moinda is at the scene. Thing that, you know, we, uh, we see as a luck of the draw was that there was nobody sitting beside him in the passenger seat. You know, there was automatic weapons used. You know, he was, his body was hit, you know, well over 30 times with bullets. Hardeep Singh Nijar has been shot dead, assassinated outside his Gurdwala, a Sikh temple in the suburb of Vancouver, by two hooded men. But Moinda has no time to mourn his friend. I still have to manage the situation. Within about half an hour to 45 minutes, there was about two to 3,000 people that had gathered immediately around the, the vehicle. 
In the immediate aftermath of the killings, the police tried to calm the situation down. But news reports alert people to the fact that Hardeep Singh Nijar has been wanted by the Indian authorities for alleged terrorism offences. Hardeep and those around him have always denied it. For Sikh activists, the timing of Hardeep's murder, just three days after Avtar's death, is deeply suspicious. But there's no evidence at this stage that the Indian state was involved in Hardeep's killing. Then, in September 2023, the Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau stands up in Parliament and makes a remarkable statement. Over the past number of weeks, Canadian security agencies have been actively pursuing credible allegations of a potential link between agents of the government of India and the killing of a Canadian citizen, Hardeep Singh Nijar. Canada is a rule of law country. The protection of our citizens and defence of our sovereignty are fundamental. Our top priorities have therefore been, one, that our law enforcement and security agencies ensure the continued safety of all Canadians, and two, that all steps be taken to hold perpetrators of this murder to account. Canada has declared its deep concerns to the top intelligence and security officials of the Indian government. Last week at the G20, I brought them personally and directly to Prime Minister Modi in no uncertain terms. India denies it furiously. Hindu nationalist-controlled media and armies of online trolls spew out wave after wave of disinformation. Uh, something is, is peculiar about the timing about this announcement. They denounce the Canadian PM. Uh, and of course, as you say, the allegations are unproven. India stops issuing visas to Canadian citizens, citing security threats at its missions in Canada. New Delhi tells Ottawa to remove 40 diplomats from India, or their diplomatic immunity will be removed. And Canada's other allies? The UK, Australia, the USA? They're practically silent. They express deep concern at the allegations, but nothing more. It's easy to understand why. India is the central pillar of the West's strategy for containing China. Post-Brexit Britain needs a trade deal with India, and the US wants Delhi to stop buying Russian oil at bargain basement prices. Yet, within months, the US too finds itself caught up in this web. In late November 2023, the US State Department releases an extraordinary indictment. The indictment alleges that an unnamed Indian government employee worked with an Indian national called Nikhil Gupta to hire a hitman for $100,000 to carry out a murder on US soil. The alleged target is another vocal Sikh critic of the Modi regime, Gopatwan Singh Panun. Gopatwan posts videos online to a few thousand Instagram followers. Voter registration in India. The videos are fiery and a bit odd. Lightning and thunder are badly edited into one video discussing a non-binding referendum campaign for Khalistan. The indictment says the unnamed Indian government employee used a man called Nikhil Gupta to hire a hitman. In an exchange, the Indian government employee tells Gupta that they would have a criminal case against him in India's Gujarat state, quote-unquote, taken care of. 
the Americans were clearly tapping Gupta's phone for some time. In May, a month before Hardeep's killing, the Indian government agent tells Gupta that his criminal case has already been taken care of and that nobody from the Gujarat police is calling. But the plot is foiled in the nick of time because the supposed hitman is actually an undercover federal agent. But the indictment links Hardeep's murder in Canada to the assassination plot in the US. Here's the key section. The unnamed Indian government agent says, Sent Gupta a video clip that showed Nijar's bloody body slumped in his vehicle. About an hour later, he sent Gupta the street address of the victim's residence in New York City. On or about the 19th of June 2023, the day after the Nijar murder, Gupta told the undercover US agent that Nijar was also the target and that we have so many targets. What the indictment is alleging here is that an Indian government official in Delhi was coordinating both assassination attempts, one successful, one not, at the same time. For its part, India has said that assassinating someone on US soil will be contrary to government policy. The White House clearly takes the case of Gurpat Want Singh Panun seriously. A few days after the Department of Justice released the results of its investigation, President Joe Biden sent CIA Director William Burns to New Delhi. And in recent days, reports have emerged in the Indian press that the US has blocked a $3 billion deal for India to buy military drones until there is a credible investigation into the foiled plot to kill Panun. From the other side of the Atlantic, the UK has been watching quietly and probably a bit nervously. The legacy of empire means London has to tread far lighter than most when dealing with New Delhi. But in Birmingham, conspiracies have run amok. The central one goes like this. Indian hit squads successfully assassinated a man in Canada, failed in the US, but got their man in the UK. It feels like a wild claim given that Avtar Kanda died of cancer and blood clots. And yet it's more than just religion that links these men. We were connected basically through the movement, uh, similar platforms, similar conversations. Uh, we spoke regularly. Uh, we did seminars and pl- uh, panels together uh, in the past. So it was, a, it was a good relationship, I would say, that I had with him at a personal level, but I had a lot of respect for him at a community leadership level. Hardeep Avta and Gapatwant, the Canadian, the Brit and the American, all knew each other well. All three were leaders of the Sikh independence movement in separate countries united by one cause. All were in the crosshairs of the Indian government, with their faces and names splashed across the Hindu nationalist news sites and social media next to descriptions like terrorist and expert bomb maker. And then it leads to the question I think that's been kind of brewing within the UK Sikh community is that what has happened here and their potential cover-up and who's involved in this. And I think that's why they're not getting any answers because the circumstances of death and the information that's being provided just aren't adding up for people. So we are very much under the impression that this was India, uh, that this was carried out in a very like a sophisticated way. And I don't think there's anything that's going to be able to take us away from that, uh, that this was something that has red flags all over it for us. Mohinder Singh is not the only one thinking that. So I was of the view that maybe not originally. But then as things transpired, this is what solidified it, was Avtar dying was suspicious. 
what happened after and the cover-up has been beyond belief. Jas Singh runs through his list of allegations. We spoke to him, it must be said, for almost three hours. What follows is just a snapshot of his claims. So the first thing, he dies pronounced dead on Thursday, the, the 15th of June. The next day, his family is informed and they go to see him. More visits are arranged. But they're told they can't see the body because the National Crime Agency has said, seal the body, we need to do a full investigation. Because obviously this had now become the biggest issue in the Sikh community within, within 24 hours. Local politicians and the police have become involved. So alarm bells are ringing across the globe. An investigation is carried out. The family are interviewed. For about three, four hours, all the threats are talked about, discussed. Evidence of the tweets are given, videos to the police officers. They go away, and on the Saturday, we're informed that this has been escalated to a senior coroner. It seems that the case has been taken seriously, but then the death certificate gets issued, and Jas Singh is confused. Well, like, hey, how, when did you do the autopsy? Oh, I'm not doing one, don't need one. And then the response was very specific. We demand an autopsy, demand a full uh, post-mortem. And the coroner then, instead of a time of death, being understanding, being sympathetic, sorry, not doing one. If you have any suspicions, I suggest you speak to the police. The police haven't told me yet. Then we spoke to the police. No crime reference number. It's not a crime. This is the key thing here. The police officer tell Westminster's police say we will only investigate if the coroner says there's something suspicious. The coroner saying, ah, I'm fine with everything. I'll only do an autopsy if the police tell me they're, uh, they're investigating. So they kind of passed it over each other. For Jas Singh and the family, it feels bewildering. Letters and phone calls fly back and forth. And then a week passes, and then we said, we'll do a private one. We contacted six or seven private pathologists. Four of them just refused. Looked into the case, saw his avatar, saw this could be potential poisoning, didn't want to touch it. That this, These things get heavily political, and, and which was, then it started to get really funny. Then we spoke with a funeral director of the community who, who was involved, and they said, we've got some pathologists, we'll ring our guys up. One of them rejected straight away. And then we identified one, uh, a private doctor, arranged for them to, to perform the autopsy, notified the coroner, and Birmingham City Hospital saying, look, we've arranged a private autopsy. This is the doctor. This is the day. The family asked for Avdar Kanda's body to be transferred to Coventry Hospital so the private autopsy could be carried out. But they were like, because it's within the NHS, we need the tr uh, a transfer. We can't just go and take the body. The coroner refused to transfer the body to another hospital. Kept saying, do your private one. When the private one was arranged, the date was arranged they refused access to the body, to the private pathologist, saying you can't do it here, even though this has all been prearranged. More than three weeks on, it finally seems there's been a breakthrough. Except... They then moved the body from the fridge at Birmingham City or into the freezer, knowing full well that there was a, a, an autopsy about to happen. And if they move into the freezer, that's another week delay of taking it out of the freezer and having it defrosted. So these decisions were being made without consent, without discussion with any of the family members, and absolutely 
everything to obstruct getting a private autopsy done, which by now I was convinced there's something to hide here. Because if, given the size of this case, if everything was above board, you would do everything in your power to say, look, natural causes. And we would have accepted it as a community. We needed that clarity and closure. But all we got was conspiracy and obstructions and obstacles all the way. What Jas Singh is alleging sounds fantastical. That Indian agents poison Avtar Kanda, probably at the rally in Trafalgar Square, in a manner similar to the poisoning of former Russian agent Alexander Litvinenko with polonium in London in 2006. And that different arms of the British state work to cover it up to avoid a bust-up with India. The hard evidence? Frankly, none. We approached the coroner's office in Birmingham and the Indian High Commission in London for comment on the allegations, and we asked to speak to the West Midlands police. None of them replied. But when you look at the circumstantial evidence, it's easy to see why so many Sikh activists believe in another version of events. Avdar Kandar in the UK, Hardeep Singh Nijar in Canada, and Gurpatwan Singh Panun in New York. They all knew each other well, and Moinder Singh says they communicated almost daily. They saw each other as comrades in arms in a noble fight for an independent Khalistan, a land of the pure in Punjab. The Indian state and its media had denounced them all as terrorists. What's more, in January this year, it emerged that West Midlands police issued threat-to-life warnings to three Sikhs in March 2023. The police issue these warnings if there is intelligence of a death threat or risk of murder but not enough evidence to justify an arrest. There's clearly a serious problem here. Just before we recorded this podcast, AMPs, with large Sikh communities in their constituencies, met with the UK Security Minister to raise concerns about threats, fears. The Labour MP, Preet Kaur Gill, said there were widespread concerns among British Sikhs who had been telling her, we're really worried in a way we've never been worried before. The UK Sikh community says it's being targeted by a country and a government increasingly comfortable exerting its own influence abroad, echoing practices many Western countries have been comfortable with for decades. There are moments when I find myself caught up in Jas Singh's version of the story. When you piece it together, it is persuasive. Last year, I found out that British intelligence services were probably involved in the arrest of Jagtar Singh Johal, a British man arrested in Punjab and held without charge in an Indian prison. That's not a conspiracy. There's compelling evidence that British spooks tipped India off as to Jagtar's whereabouts. Some British Sikhs feel their own country is working against them. And this is the backdrop to what happened last year. When you piece together the circumstantial evidence, when you realise that one friend of Avtar Singh Kanda was killed and another had a narrow escape within days of his death, when you hear Justin Trudeau call out the Indian government and the US Department for Justice allege India's involvement in an assassination attempt, the surprise and the unexpected death of the third friend begins to seem suspicious 
at the very least. But when I'm sent a series of documents from the coroner confirming the death, reality bites home. This really is two stories in one. The story of a marginalised Sikh community which faces threat to life warnings and confirmed assassinations, colliding with this story of a family wanting answers for a tragic, premature death. The truth is, India is a complicated ally. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. How do you solve a crime in reverse when you believe that someone was murdered but have no clue who the victim was? We have to do our job, and we have to find out who did they kill, if it's possible. How are we going to do that? I'm Jake Halpern, and this is Deep Cover, The Nameless Man. Listen on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts.